0: Welcome to Big Blend Radio Success Express Show, where we talk about business, leadership, and career development. Hey, everybody. Uh, You know, here on Big Blend Radio Success Express, a business show, every fourth Wednesday we get to chat with Ward Heinrichs. Ward is an employment attorney based in San Diego, California. And, um, he's usually on here telling us of all of the new bills that are happening. Cause you know, California loves to have new bills, right? And new laws. And, um, today though, you know, like last month, uh, October, we chatted about when it is time to hire an employment attorney, whether you're an employee or an employer. And a lot of times I always thought, Hey, this is the time to do it. And he's like, nope, that's going to be an HR, uh, Placement, you know, so we've got Ward back on the show and his friend uh, Sarah Nicholson joining us to talk about uh, HR side and Sarah is the owner of Clear HR Solutions and welcome back Ward. How are you?
1: I'm doing very well getting excited for Thanksgiving and I really love the fact that Sarah's on with me. This is going to be good
0: we've been talking about this for a long time. So Sarah, like it's it's high time that you're on the show. So welcome. How are you?
2: Thank you so much. I'm really grateful to be here. I'm doing great. And like Ward, you know, thinking about Thanksgiving and travel to see family. Oh, right on,
0: right on. So that's a that's an important thing. Let's talk about family. Let's just start right there, okay? Uh in HR and employment law. Um so people are going away, having vacations, and so mm-hmm. Ward Let's talk about vacation leave, Thanksgiving leave. Do people go to you first or do they go to Sarah and say, make sure these policies are in place that people can go home and maybe have some time off or some, some jobs require people to work for Thanksgiving. So how does that all work? It, is that a legal thing, an HR thing?
1: Well, setting it up, um, I would say Sarah, because that. I like the litigation. I like uh, giving advice in specific situations, you know, a termination or something like that. I know Sarah does some of that as well. Um, but, Sarah, in terms of setting the course for the proper way to run your business in California, is very good. And I would say, yeah, let her set that up.
2: Yeah, and to tag on to it. So, uh, a lot of what I do is education, making sure that the clients have a really firm understanding of what they have to do and what they choose to do. So um, I'm speaking just basically about private employers, nobody affiliated with any kind of city, state, or uh federal contract that okay. holidays are optional and vacation is optional. But if you choose to do these things, then you make sure that you have the correct policy behind it. And there are there are very specific um, elements of, you know, are you going to provide vacation as a standalone or is it going to be part of a a bucket of PTO hours? And then with Thanksgiving for as our example, if you choose to have a holiday, you can choose if you're going to pay for it as a straight time or um, overtime at rate of pay. And this is usually if you're not working the day, you get paid those hours. But if you end up working a holiday, you get your regular rate of pay plus that holiday rate of pay. So Mm. some people, you know, really like the idea of working on holidays. It's kind of like a cha-ching moment. Yeah. (laughs) They can get paid. But, yeah, this is what we do in the very beginning. Um, When I perform my HR audits, I go down the list what do you want to offer what can you afford to do and that's what mm-hmm. some employers get way ahead of themselves they just they haven't figured in the cost of of these elements now where ward comes in to the conversation is if an employee has you know months ahead requested the time off and it's all been approved and you know maybe it's a huge financial burden for the employee to go maybe cross country for the holiday and all of a sudden the employer changes their mind and is, no, you gotta stay. So then it gets a little tricky. So and that's when I would say, Ward, what do you think? But that doesn't really happen. But yeah. that that could that could happen. But, if <laughs> but Ward well, gets so called funny. in when it's
0: like really Yeah, because it I mean, does don't you go with the letter first, Ward, before you go, Okay, that's it, we're going to court for someone's vacation. <laughs> Throw the turkey at them. No. <laughs>
1: Yeah, normally normally I start with a letter. Um, And like I said before, not always. Sometimes um, I'll file a case. But just to be clear, most of the time I spend uh, doing employment law is spent helping employers. About 80 percent is what I say. Um, And so in that situation, they would, Sarah may send them to me, they may call me. I would say, well, look, we really got to talk about brass tacks here. We got to talk about how smart this is, what it might cost you, Um, and so that kind of conversation I definitely enter into.
2: Okay, so
0: you're both in San Diego, and that's something important too, because laws, um, you know, there's California state law, of course, there's federal law, and then there's San Diego, the city law versus. Mm-hmm. like julian the un- unincorporated mountain town kind of alpine and all of that area right mm-hmm. um so it's it's interesting what you do so sarah i know wards always like okay these are these laws for these regions does mm-hmm. that happen for you in hr that there's those laws that you have to work with when you help like a company get started up and go hey you need to have the hr arm or maybe they're still running. And maybe they, they you know, haven't listened to Ward's podcast. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you, you know, if you have a business in California, you have to have HR. You can't, if you don't know how to do it, get educated. If um, you don't want to be educated, hire a consultant. You know, you mm. have to do something because it's just so complex and you just don't want to make a wrong turn. When it comes to San Diego, um, yeah, even San Diego is expanding their foundation of of mandate. For example, San Diego's had its own paid sick leave at 40 hours a year, the earned sick leave. Um, and this past year they've also included the rights of victims of domestic violence and stalking mandate, which means if you are an employee in the city of San Diego, <clears throat> pardon me, and you're, you're experiencing one of these horrible situations and you need to take time away to go to the court, to the doctor, legal, everything. You get to use your sick leave in order to um, make sure that you're protected. And this is, you know, essentially protecting your job. And California also has this regulation, but they have it tiered with the size of your business in San Diego. It doesn't matter what size business you have. So that's why um, when I'm doing my audits, I very carefully, where are your people working? And we look at uh, the city of San Diego has a wonderful interactive geographic boundary map, and it will show you exactly where the city council uh, districts are, which means those are city rules. Mm-hmm. So California recently changed its um, its paid sick leave. So it's going to be 40 hours a year, just like San Diego. So Everybody better be ready for January 1st. It's going to be same, same, either the same accrual amount or the same front loading amount. Mm. So when yeah. do you get to call Ward on all of this? <laughs> oh, geez. You know, I had a conversation with someone who's selling a business Um, and I'm actually going to watch Ward's reaction when I tell him this.
0: And <laughs> now I, I really wish we were video and by the way everyone sorry about that but a major storm is about to hit where we are today and um otherwise we'd normally be on video but we'd rather do the interview than not right so sure. now I get to watch this but um okay okay. we'll have to like capture this okay
2: okay yeah oh. no he, he he and I not, I don't know if he plays poker but I definitely don't I I definitely oh, I react do. oh yeah <laughs> Nice job guys. Okay, on
1: Friday I just hosted a, a poker party and uh-huh. um I finished second, which is a little unusual for me, but it, I my buddy ended up winning, uh but we split the pot. You know, I got Texas a little, Hold'em? Yeah, uh, yeah, that's all I play now. It's Texas
0: Hold'em. Okay. <laughs> so I do play okay. poker.
2: See, I told you Sarah this is going to go where we we veer off. <laughs> no, I'm I, I will bring you guys the snacks for the table. There. Ooh. I'm good for that.
1: Oh, awesome. <laughs> Yeah. So you're invited <laughs>
2: <laughs> so here's the scenario a, a woman is selling her business it's here in the city of san diego and um she's unsure of what she should do in terms of i'm no longer going to own this business and i'm no longer going to have employees so we're having this conversation and i'm asking her to run down what kind of benefits do you have La 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 she says i have nothing i said okay well are you front-loading or accruing paid sick leave? And she said, what's that?
1: <laughs> oh, my gosh. And You should have seen my reaction. <laughs>
2: Dang. That was good. And so, uh, so she
0: hasn't been doing this with her employees at all?
2: At all for two years. And then she named, and I said, who is your payroll company? She named them. And I went, uh-huh. That's why they're not on my short list of who to do business with, because they nickel and dimed one of my private clients. Because in, in California, we must do the paid sick leave, you know, in some context. Right. And it must be on the pay stub. And so when I looked at this other client's pay stub, I said, where's your sick leave? oh, that payroll company is going to make me pay more to have it on there. So I told him, no, thank you. And I said, well, that's unfortunate because that's against the mandate. That's against the law. And if you had an employee who uh wanted to make your life miserable, they absolutely could do it. So they fixed it. He paid extra. But, um, And it's the same payroll company that didn't go to bat to tell this business owner, you have to do this. So that's what I do. I make wow. sure that we're talking about the half twos, not the. There's very few, very few options. There's a lot of half twos.
1: So that payroll company, uh, what letter does its first name or first word in its name start
2: with? <laughs> uh, actually, it's it, it, it. I can say it because there are several with that. It starts. I was going to say
0: you could put a snack in your mouth now while you say it. <laughs>
2: Well, look here's my cute little stress ball.
0: <laughs> no, <laughs> it's a.
2: <laughs> it starts with a P. Oh,
1: all right.
2: Maybe for payroll. Um, hmm For payroll. Think- ah! <laughs> <laughs> hey, so this is this is actually a really good point because when you do our work, sense of humor is absolutely something you need in your back pocket. It's mm. uh, this these are people's lives whether they're the employee or the employer, they are just sinking in so much time and energy and they don't know what they don't know. Mm-hmm. And, you know, just because I've been doing it for my whole life. And by the way, I never grew up saying, Oh, when I grow up, I want to be a HR lady. I, it is a, just a natural fit for me. And mm-hmm. I'm very, very grateful to be able to do this work. Um, and with all of the different uh, arenas that I touch, but the sense of humor and, and empathy you know this is that's just two two elements that are really necessary to do the job but um i've learned about being direct kind and fair and i preach that with clients all the time
0: Mm, because you both deal with high emotions because it's money like you know especially Mm -hmm. like you know the business owner but for the employee too some employees are living paycheck to paycheck as mm-hmm. Last time I looked, California is not getting any cheaper to live in. <laughs> so I'm just saying, you know, so it's, it's an important thing and emotions run high. And um, I, I wanted to go in a little bit on, of course, there's all the I law. Can I comment
1: real quickly on that? Emotions do run high and part of it's money, but part of it is most employers don't understand that they violated the law. And then when you say, hey, Looks like you've got a problem here. They go, what is Wait a second! I treat my employees great. I, um, I'm trying to do it right." That's, I think, really where the emotions start,
0: right. and, and also how they're treated, right? So it depends too on how they're treated. If they're not acknowledged, can that lead to? Can that lead to an employee getting, like maybe an employer made a mistake, but is not acknowledging the employee and having some you know that communication of like positive you know right. a positive workplace atmosphere that could right. be the tipping point when they they go from hr to i'm calling Ward now because not going to nail their butts you know because they've done this, right. this 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 you know there's that um adding list of annoyances the grief we're
2: getting to festivus
0: now the list of <laughs> grievances.
2: right no it's we don't ever you know the concept of, you know, we're going to wait till once a year and just have an, a, an evaluation to provide feedback. That's getting, you know, that's old school. That's way in the past. Our feedback with our employer should be all the time as an employer to the employee should be all the time, making sure everyone's on the same page. But very often an, there is this uh, lack of consistency. That, you know, some employers choose to do one thing for one employee, one thing for another employee. And it's like, well, why are you doing that? And so they, I mean, well, you know, they may have a subconscious bias as to why they're doing this. We don't know. We're not psychologists, but we can, we can guess. But it's, it's really important. And in, in the conversation I have with them, what you do for one, you do for all. And first, mm-hmm. you have the a correct policy that you understand it, that you're communicating it to all the other supervisors and managers within your um, within your company and and you talk about it often. And you know we also talk about having employee handbooks and whether or not you really need to have one. California is one of those places you really need to have one. And please everybody, do not borrow anyone's handbook. Both. Don't just pull a template off um, a legal site and just do it yourself without um, someone with educated and qualified eyes to support the process. Uh Yeah. You're just not going to swap out a logo and a name. You know, these, these laws are serious and, mm. and this is when I find these kinds of things out and I go, Oh my gosh, ward, you know, this is what's going on. And, mm. um, yeah. So consistency. Um, don't pill for anybody else's anything to help run your business. Um, yeah, I could go down. And stop copying things off
0: our website, too. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's true. No, we have these issues in the in the world. Right. And I think it's interesting with A.I. just now people are going to try and do a handbook through A.I. Is that? Oh, boy, I'm getting
2: the <laughs> No, no, don't, don't. <laughs> AI first of all we don't even know enough about how they're populating AI with the data um you know are they even stealing other people's um intellectual property to create this vocabulary for AI just don't do it i don't even use it for my meeting notes and no. i'm a little old school i like writing things down um Whoa. you know i'm i'm a human i can i can control my content but i also understand that there is, um, you know, the information that is being uploaded isn't even completely current. Yeah. So everybody just hold, you know, uh, press the pause, put your car into neutral, whatever you want to do, just turn the fire off on AI. Yeah. Deal with people, please.
0: I was going to go to the ward with this, you know, just even talking about it, going from the employee handbook and and like downloading things off the internet, because I would think that if you have like, 15 to 100 employees you don't want to mess around with anything like that you know even 10 5 10 right none and um i was going to say ward what happens when it comes to some kind of court case and it is found out that the company never had the signs put up never you know like the wash your hand Mm -hmm. signs whatever you know what i mean i just call them the wash your hand signs and um the employee handbook especially for sexual harassment and things like that if the company did not use sarah right? Isn't that almost like a direct, like, nay-nay when it comes to somebody accusing a company or being in, like, I'm just going to say a harassment of some kind, and they didn't put those steps in place, that could really hurt them?
1: Absolutely. Uh, I've been involved in a few cases where that was a problem. Uh, What happens is, if you don't have the policy, especially if it's mandated, and harassment's mandated, you got to have a harassment policy. Um, Not necessarily a handbook, but probably should have a handbook with a harassment policy. But if you don't have a handbook, have the harassment policy. And if you don't have it, what ends up happening is the... A clever attorney on the other side uh, gets into deposition and gets into trial and says, "You didn't do this. The law requires this." You're, and of course, the the uh, the argument is, "Well, you're just not doing your job right." And now we know that you're guilty of whatever we're accusing of, and that's the worst part of that whole thing. It's, mm-hmm. it, it provides a defense uh, mm-hmm. if you're in litigation. Oh wow,
0: wow! So can they can they say when you go to court like? We want evidence. We want this piece of evidence that you had or did not have this handbook. Like, Can they do that kind of thing?
1: Oh, absolutely. They'll ask for it in discovery. If it's not produced, they'll question you about it in deposition. And then even if you do one later, (laughs) that's not going to help. And it'll be brought up at trial.
0: What about the communicate? Let's talk about employees for a second. Sarah, do you work directly with employees or mostly with the management? Um, And that, like, if an employee is upset, where do they go? And it's kind of (laughs) like, it kind of reminds me of school in a way. It's like you need to be able to go to someone and say this and this is happening. You need Mm -hmm. someone to say, okay, this is not okay. What's happening, in my opinion, or how I'm feeling as an employee, Mm -hmm. Um, if there's no place to go, what happens? And so where does where do you, you know, with with your company? Um, where does where does all that land?
2: Yeah, it's I have a I have fielded a few calls from employees, um, but I try to keep myself in the most neutral location between the the client employer and their employees and you know provide education and backup to the employer. First of all, you know, we're we're dealing with people. So when we're talking about who are you as a person. You know, you're going to be an intellectual person, but you also need to embrace the emotional side of who you are, your empathy as an employer and provide that avenue. You know, ideally, I'm such an idealist like this and maybe naive, but it's please, you know, remember who you're working with. You are, you've accepted a tremendous responsibility to be an employer. And not, you know, not work this hard line all all the time. We all have a hot, messy life. I don't know anybody who doesn't. So, you know, the people who have come to me during these years of my consultancy, it's, they've never called back because I've provided them the answers of what they should do. Like somebody said, well, I just started working at this healthcare facility and, and I got burned. But I don't have any confidence in my manager or the HR department. And I said, Uh well, I don't know anything from anything. And I said, well, if you were hired properly, then you can file a workers comp claim on your own. Did they provide you the paperwork on during your new hire orientation? And they went, oh, (laughs) so I'm not looking to get anybody in trouble at all. But, um, you know, back in my days of working as HR for a large international company, I loved my very first employer. I worked out of state. It's a, a large international hotel chain. And I so appreciate being able to learn HR from them. And that was my foundation. And I was the person in the office that had a candy jar right next to my desk. And that was kind of how I got. Oh, I'm coming in. to see
0: you. She, she is the snack lady. Jeez, she's, she's <laughs> the snack lady.
2: Yeah. And the candy queen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, you know, it's about developing rapport. It is about seeing people for who they are and what's going on. And I was very thankful later on in my career privately to have a door that could close. And we could just sit and talk and be together and hearing people's, um, their stories, their grief, their joys. You know, it's, um, it's, it's been a wonderful, wonderful ride. So employers, please, you know, think about how you can connect on a, on a personal level and get some training and some, some resources to help you listen and, and learn how to speak with, with your employees.
0: So Sarah, this is interesting how you go from private, you know, working with people in HR in the hotel industry, Nancy and I very familiar. Ward, I know you do a lot in the hospitality and tourism industry, especially with restaurants and, Mm -hmm. um, but doing that one-on-one because that is, Oh, my gosh, the hospitality industry. Talk about intense emotions and burnout that happens. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I, I, I'm very familiar with those industries and have worked on those sides, too. And um, that's really huge. And then so now you have your own consultancy. So how long have you been in this arena of
2: HR, human resources? Because it is about being human, right? It It is. Uh, let's see. Oh my gosh! I, I guess I'll date myself. I don't mind. I think everything really started. Um Well, I've been I've been working since I was ten. Number one, I'm just one of those people. Like you know, what what can I do? I love being a help you on
0: that. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
2: I'm a I'm a helper, and so yeah, I started by babysitting the the kids in the neighborhood who were only like two years younger than me. You know, <laughs> and then it's just gone from there. I've never. Not done something. It just doesn't feel good. I I uh, attune that to my father's side of the family. I'm Australian and American, ah. and the the Aussie side is, oh, we are productive. We are very very A productive. Tenacious. There's, there's yeah. no lackabouts. No lackabouts. Yeah. And oh, so like with um, mm. you know, just thinking about my career, just starting. Well, my degree is actually in accounting, by the way. And, you know, that's definitely been a huge plus mm-hmm. for human resources. So when people are looking for HR people, talking about business acumen, if someone has accounting in there, take them because they Levels are the shoulder details. to shoulder. You, yeah. have to, you have to know how the numbers work. It's just part of it. But since 1995, working for the large hospitality groups, um, and I moved, um, that was out of state. I was in Hawaii for 15 years.
0: Moved oh, back sad. to
2: California. I well, <laughs> I'm not looking for any sympathy here, but you know, I had I had some uh, young people to raise up, and they needed a little bit more perspective. And it's all worked out beautifully. I, mm. I'm I'm very proud of my family. They are wonderful, all adults and grandkids too. So very very pleased with with all of their choices and their um and their lives. I can so imagine
0: this from a, a HR lady like mm-hmm. here's your, you know, young people in your life, your family, you know, you're going to be the person of reason. It's I almost look at you as a mediator in a way. Ward, would oh, you say yeah. that about Sarah? Mm-hmm. Like she's like a mediator for in the employment law world. Like,
1: yeah, um, you know, we differ in that way. She has to, I think, walk a fine line sometimes because the employees come directly to her sometimes anyway and she's going to be in between and that doesn't happen to me ever honestly because i'm taking one side or the other yeah so an employer talks to me now i'm talking for the employer Mm -hmm. Um, i'm they're my client i have that fiduciary duty so uh, I think yes, she's more in a mediator role from time to time. I mean, obviously the employer's cutting her a check, so she's working with them, but she can be put in a place that I'm unfamiliar with, and that's in the that middle mediator middle. role, yeah, between the two, and she's trying to be um, get you know, help the situation, not make it worse, mm-hmm. hopefully can right. smooth things out.
2: Uh, diplomacy (laughs) you know this is about as political as i'll ever get is you know just the fine line absolutely and there's a key phrase that ward and i share Uh, you know when somebody has a question whether employee or employer the answer is well it depends and uh, that's the thing about our world is there is it, it takes sometimes it takes a while to get to the the correct clear answer there's so many different things to navigate you know the size of your business depends on the kinds of policies that you have to adhere to um you know and then it just kind of goes on and on from there and um yeah that's why i start at the beginning let's make sure your business is prepared for employees first of all and Mm -hmm. make sure that those questions and i'm finding more and more especially with this uh current client who's purchasing a business from the person who has no uh, paid sick leave. (laughs) So impatient. They want it now. And I'm like, you know what? Your business is still an escrow. Why are you insisting on working in the business? It's not a done deal. And, and I shared some different red flags. And so that's another thing about, you know, business acumen and having a team of people when you're a business owner, you need a team of people. And Ward is just one of those people Mm. to have in your back pocket. Absolutely. Mm. This is, you never just do this on your own. This is, this is a family of allies or a team of allies. And, and Ward and I also work side by side with a wonderful group of people through our, one of our business Alliance groups here in San Diego. And we're either, um, former military or affiliated directly with the military, you know, veterans or spouses of veterans. We're part of that group too. And so very, very easy. Oh my gosh. They're like my favorite group to be with because it's direct. Yeah. There's, there's, we're not going to talk in a circle around a topic. We're just going to talk about it. I love it. It's so helpful. We have a lot of, uh we just have to be so careful with what we say these days and, um, yeah, I'll stop there. Oh, my gosh. Now that's a whole other conversation. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. What, uh, yeah.
0: Um. But that but that I think, you know, when you talk about, you know, veterans and, you know, from the military standpoint, um. you, you know, we we hear all these statistics about veterans not being hired and, and, you know, concerns about PTSD and things like that. And I'm like, yeah, there's concerns, but why not work with that? Right. And um, not being. Active in something does not help PTSD as far as I know like actually going through things and, and there's all kinds of therapies um, mm-hmm. you know it's hard but from just my own perspective and um, just all the veterans I know and those who are serving actively there's a procedure and the, the like I said earlier devil in the details there are checkpoints and um, actual showing up And I think that's one of the most important things that veterans do in, you know, their next career. They take that showing up that, um, call to duty seriously. Um, there, there's, I'm sorry about my language, but I have, there's no better word than there's no half-assery. I don't even know if that's a word (laughs) with, with veterans. You know what I mean? I, you know, and it, and if, if there is, it's not intentional. It, it's a real deal, you know. Ward, uh-huh. wouldn't you say that you're a veteran too, and and you were in Hawaii as well?
1: Yeah, I was. Uh, Sarah, uh, our our lives kind of track in an odd sort of way, and I don't always realize until she starts talking about these things. Yes, I was stationed in Hawaii for four years. Uh, my uncle actually lived on the Big Island uh, after I w- uh, left the military, left the Marine Corps, um, and I've been back many Your birthday, times. Lord. Well, thank you. You're
2: welcome.
1: He's talking about the Marine Corps birthday in November Mm. 1775.
0: Yeah, it It just happened.
1: Yeah, not too long ago. Um, So I'm sorry, I lost track of your question. No, I
0: was was just going to, you know, we were talking about showing up. Like as for. Oh, better. showing up.
1: Yeah. Well, the military, uh, it, boy, if you don't he, show up on went time. To
0: Hawaii. How could you pull out? You know. I know. <laughs> uh, Hawaii, like palm trees. Well, you got palm trees in San Diego, but yeah. Uh, go go ahead, talk about that. Showing up. showing like up.
1: Yes. Um, in, in the military, uh, if you don't show up on time, then people die. And so, Ooh. leaving the line of demarcation—that's what we used to have in in the artillery. On time and uh, and our motto is on time on target. So you want every it, the timing is so important in in combat and that uh, combat the understanding of combat and that's our ultimate mission uh, filters down into everything you do in the military. And so being on time is super important. And then you do carry that into the you know, civilian world. Um, and you know things are a little more lax in the civilian world, so it's not always exactly you know line of demarcation get yeah, there. You know. okay. Um, but it, it's a great trait and all those other things that you learn in the military, respect, um, mm. many, many different things, esprit de corps, um, also translate well into the civilian
0: world.
2: Right. And actually, the, the, I love this vein of conversation because so we're going to hire someone with incredible training, incredible respect for processes and policies. And if your business is too joie de vivre and there's no structure, that's not going to work out too well. That's going to be very frustrating for people who are, you know, transitioning into the civilian world and you have no rules and, or you have, you have rules that they don't know about. So it's, um, you know, there's, there's a lot to be said for foundation and, you know, correctly, uh, following a hiring process. And that's also, you know, speaking of veterans, it's it's so nice to be able to speak and openly here. but when we're interviewing, we are not allowed to pinpoint anything specific about a person other than, are you qualified for this position for which you're applying? And um, we have some excellent tools. I'm, I'm a huge fan of California Chamber of Commerce, They have wonderful training tools, platforms, uh, documentation. One of the things they have is a guide for pre-employment inquiries. And it's a five-page document that mirrors a lot of the federal government um, do not talk about these rules. You know, I think it's FLSA, if I'm not, or I'm trying to think which department it might be. Because there's a lot of departments. We have a lot of departments to think about. But just because someone maybe says on their job application, you know, hey, I'm a veteran, um, it's, that's not an open invitation to have a full conversation about what they did in the military. We just, we, we say thank you for your service and we move on. Unless that experience in the military is part of why they've applied for this position. And so then you can talk about, the essential duties, uh, you know, in your role in the military, can you please describe this, you know, as it relates? Especially if it was that,
0: that was our last thing, you know, as they fresh out of the military, what happens if, um, in during the interview process, the person that's doing the interviewing, like the, uh, the actual business owner is military. Um, would that be allowed to be a, a way of connecting and warming up to each other and you know and having a conversation to get to know each other or is that a for, no-no?
2: For, for a little bit you know but it, I mean it, it depends <laughs> you know because <laughs> so, so we also have these rules about uh, record retention and we also have people who do sue employers because you didn't hire me why didn't you hire me and then they go back and employers are now required to keep four years of all of the applications, resume and interview notes. So that's why you have to be really careful about what you say, how you say it, who you say it to, uh, because it could be used against you. It could be something that ends up in Ward's lap. You know, is
0: that going to go even on race and discrimination of age and things like that too? Like if you didn't, if people look at the records and maybe it's like, for, you know, four years, you didn't hire anybody over 60, would that be yeah. age discrimination?
1: Well, but- it could be. Um, there are uh, two different ways of proving those types of cases. And one is, for lack of a better word, statistical. So that could open up uh, a Pandora's box and create a problem uh, for the employer and if they're getting sued or not. And the other one is if you actually have Evidence, direct evidence of some type of discrimination. So, yes, right, it, right. it can be statistical. That's true.
0: Oh, wow. And so that, like if somebody said, oh, you didn't hire me because of my age. And then it ends up in court and they have those four years of records that Sarah's talking about. You're in trouble. You're like, Mm-mm, Mm-mm.
1: yeah, You sure <laughs> oh, could be. No, But yeah. there may be good business reasons for that. It's possible. I'm not going to say, you know, again, it depends. It depends on it's the situation. A <laughs> Oh so my gosh!
0: You guys, it's,
1: it's possible that you have a good defense to it. You know, I, I needed this type of person, and so uh, for this job, and the requirements were objective. So you may still be able to defend that case, uh, but it certainly raises a red flag,
2: right? And and so that's where, like in my hiring process, I ask people, "Show me your job description, please." You know, share that with me. And they're like, well, we don't have one. And it's like, well, this is your first line of defense. This is your first foundation item for your hiring platform. You know, figuring out what is the summary? Who does this job reports to? Is this position classified correctly? Because, you know, another area of wage and hour is saying, oh, I'm going to put you on salary when they're really not a salary-exempt person. That's a big one that happens. That gets in Ward's lap. I'm sure, more often than not, but it's, yeah, so a, sure. a good, yeah, yeah, so so salary, you can pay an hourly person, like an hourly meaning a non-exempt person. Let's just use a, a pizza shop, right, and you have a cashier. That's someone that's, you know, newer in their working life. That's a non-exempt person, but you have the owner of the pizza shop, who's in charge of everything and they can pay themselves a salary and they can work as many hours as they want. But that non-exempt person is definitely going to get overtime. Mm -hmm. And this is the mistake that happens often because you can give a non-exempt person a salary, except you still have to track the hours and still pay them overtime. And that's what a lot of, I discovered those things in audits and I say, OK, you're at this point where you might want to talk to an attorney because you should have been paying overtime to this person for the past X amount of years or months or whatever it is. And you may need to you may need to navigate um, with your payroll entity too. you know, you need to do an hours report, see or or were you even having this person punch in or in or out? California, we do have to make sure our hourly people are punching in and out mm. and rest and meal breaks. So forget all about it. You know, we could just go on oh, wow. for days here.
0: So oh, Ward, yeah. how much of that is, is your, your side of, you know, of, of the legal world? Is it get to it? Like exactly what Sarah is saying. All right, they've already overstepped the line no matter where it is. If it's like you're talking about, you know, the overtime and everything get in there now before it becomes, an issuer goes to court. How like how much of your business is, hey, let's get in there now. Let's fix it, solve it before um, an employee raises up their arm and says, hey, <laughs> you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, no. And that happens fairly frequent frequently with me um i'll I'll get a call about something and then we'll start start talking about the details of it and all of a sudden i'm going boy you know uh ab5 passed about three or four years ago and they're really not independent um so we got to handle this now the conversation i have though is we got to handle this in a way that's most effective for your business so you probably need to uh, bring these people in as employees and this is just one example um and and. But you don't want to pay all the back wages necessarily because I'm trying to do the best of the business. And Sarah may approach this differently than me. And I'll say, well, all right, maybe we can say that they're getting a raise because they are probably work some overtime and get a little more pay. And so that may make everyone happy. And if you're treating them well already, then maybe you won't have a problem. But the problem still lurks, And so there's no way of making it go away unless you actually do pay all the uh, unpaid overtime in the situation Sarah's talking about, we're talking about unpaid over time.
0: Because you see that sometimes with, you know, even in the personal world of credit cards, suddenly start paying everybody the stuff they owed them back or banks do it. Um, All kinds of things happen where suddenly, and sometimes that ends up being from a class action, right? But like you see people realize, oops, we made a mistake. Um, And everybody here, you you get a little bit of extra money. And, um, Mm. But you were actually owed that a long time ago, but they they do it before somebody raises their hand and, and really goes and sues them, right? Because some of that well, stuff is hold, hold on, right? Before oh, they get sued, here, no,
1: here most go. businesses aren't going to cut a check uh, unless they're compelled. I mean, you know, that's just oh. the way it is. So we're probably pre-litigation or in litigation when I'm starting to talk about this. Um, and so... I am trying to help them resolve the problem in the best way for them,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and maybe it is do all the back pay. And I, I just there's a case recently. Uh, love this guy. He runs a cool business, makes a ton of money, and he didn't have people classified right. And so I said, well, what you need to do now is make them all employees, and then and you do have a couple of people who are coming after you and we're going to have to figure out how we're going to handle that in, in the litigation cases. And then, you know, how you handle anything that happened before with the other people we can talk about. And so Mm -hmm. it it depends. and, And of course I'm always trying to do the best I can for my client, whether they're employee or employer, as I said, I mostly help employers, but either way, I'm trying to do the best I can for my client.
2: Yeah, no, I completely <laughs> concur with Ward and I think I should go get us some baseball hats made or something or a T-shirt. It depends. because yeah. there's, And this is why it, it takes a long time to get where we are. And, you know, every client interaction gives me another opportunity to to, you know, stretch, to grow, to, you know, conduct research, to confer with legal people like Ward. Um, and I also know that, you know, it's, um, you know, talking about the fine line, you have to be careful what you say, who you're saying it to when you're saying it. Sometimes I have to just zip zip, zip, zip. You know, I am not saying anything until I know for certain how to answer a specific situation. Um, yeah, because I don't want to be dragged into their drama. drama. You know, I'm, I'm yeah. consulting. I'm not doing their work for them. I'm teaching them how and then I'm answering their questions and that's that's my platform is I'm trying to stay you know I'm just trying to stay on the bleacher right you know? and, and they're in. the coach on the field with their players
0: yeah how how much of all of this goes to actual good leadership in a company I mean really when you think about it is how you know whether it's a bit you could be a business owner who has a brilliant mind, but be terrible about books, terrible about, you know, it's like, hey, I invented this cool product or whatever it is. Oh, let's have this great restaurant chain with this amazing dish that goes, you know, wild, whatever it is. But they could come in and we're seeing this with startups too. Like, oh, I created this amazing app and then here it is. And then boom, It crashes, right? Mm -hmm. I don't care what it is. I mean, look at all the strikes in Hollywood and everything, you know, so this is, this is kind of a widespread thing, but isn't it about leadership at the end of the day, if you're going to run something, do something, you can't stick with your creative genius and just think that's it. You, what you were talking about stretching and growing. I think that's really, um, you either have, you have to have a good team behind you just like, um. Oh, I don't want to go into politics. Let's say presidents need to have a good team too, but I don't want to get into that, but you know, I'll get into trouble on all sides, but you're supposed to have a good team. Like you can't do like Richard Branson always says, you've got to hire people above you, you know, that know more than you, because, you know, whether it's, you know, your own team in working within the company or consulting, like both of you do, um, I think you really need a team. And for small businesses, it's good to have um, a team you can call and you probably may not afford someone in-house, right? And you don't want to do those online lawyer things, right, Ward? Here's my 15.
1: 15- yeah, well, yeah, no, you don't. Um, what I, what I see, I get calls from people who have that online lawyering thing and they they get a little advice. For the thousand dollars they pay a year, or whatever it is, and it, it it doesn't really solve the problem at all. So now they either have to pay them more money because you know they're, they're a business too, so they're not going to give everything away or call someone like me. Um, yeah,
2: it, no, yeah,
1: it, it's it's very limited, very limited in what you get.
0: And Sarah, the leadership is that part of it for you? Do you, when you see management, owners, leaders in the company go and actually improve their leadership? Would you say that's a huge step forward for the employees and for the overall productivity of a company? Yes. Ah, there you go.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Wow, a one-word answer. Yeah, we did it. it. Well, listen,
0: it's awesome. Let
1: let me chime in real quick. Uh, Yeah, Leadership at some point is always going to be important, but someone who's the creative genius hopefully they have the right information or have the right intuition that they can't do everything Correct. and so you, and the team again lisa you're right on uh, the team is what really matters um yeah. small bit now the small businesses are tough though because how, how much money do you have how much money can you spend on experts mm-hmm. yeah, i get that um but you know, do the best you can and try to head things off and try to get try to start collecting team members as early as you possibly
2: can.
0: Kind of like, you know, when you're in a mastermind group, you guys were both talking about being in a, mm-hmm. a business affiliated group. Right.
2: Mm-hmm. Um,
0: And you work together like you don't just send people to Ward, Sarah and Sarah uh, Ward. you don't just send people to Sarah without knowing, oh, she's good at her job and Sarah knows Ward is good. You know, he's tenacious. We know he is. Um. So <laughs> the reality is. You know, you got to know Nancy's over on the other side of the room going, he's a bulldog. (laughs) (laughs) No dogs, but he's not from Georgia. But anyway, so um, the reality is, like, the the leadership is key. Hiring the right people, whether, you know, it's in-house or, you know, consultants um, is key. And not this not delegating thing, I'm seeing this a lot lately in some organizations and even nonprofits, and going – if you're trying to do everything yourself, you're going to die. Like you are going to mm-hmm. crash and burn mm-hmm. the, the beauty of what you wanted to start. And I've, I'm seeing this lately and it's actually getting frustrated being on the other side of it going, like, come on, people. You have to like let the process be. When you talk about human resources, yes, people are going to screw up. But if we all go in with it with a positive, caring, compassionate, way of doing business Mm -hmm. that would be good
2: yeah and the other um, a shameless plug is coming your way right now Um, very very proud of my cousin's wife who is um, part of the the brilliance of radical candor her name is Kim Scott and she really is my cousin's wife I'm not kidding and her first book came out and the title is how to Be a Kick-Ass Boss Without Losing Your Humanity. And her her work has now expanded um, in, in many different professional arenas. And if you want to start learning more about yourself and how to do this, start with a publication um, like Radical Candor and her suite of information. Now that's you know now the, not every creative mind wants to stop and and learn how to be a boss, but it's it's that own hopefully there's enough emotional intelligence that they are gonna understand. Yes, I absolutely need a team, and yeah, they are gonna fizzle out, they are gonna fall flat on their face, but that's not why they started doing their business and there are um I had a very, very difficult conversation with um a client who. I actually couldn't believe that I cheered when she said that she finally fired her operations manager because she was not up to the task of managing this person at all. You know, I didn't tell her to, you know, I said, here are your options as an employer for this person who's working out of state. And because I got the information of what they're doing, what the employee's doing and not doing. And, I literally this, this woman is she was crying and crying and crying and not knowing what to do. So she has not she had the, she has a heart of gold Hmm. and she allowed this employee to basically hijack her business and run it the way she thought, even though she wasn't qualified to do it, it got Hmm. very murky and she did have an attorney already working with her and, um, and also well, think- a different HR consultant working with her. So it's it's really amazing that, you know, we have people who are just like really narrow focused on what they're doing. And then we have some people whose hearts are just so open. Mm-hmm. But we just have to keep practicing. We just mm-hmm. have to keep practicing. That's a good way. Keep- I like
0: that. Practicing in life, practicing in business. And Ward, I wanted to touch before we go, because I know we have to all wrap up here. Um, Ward, when you have a client come in and, stuff is crazy, whatever's going on, whatever the case may be with harassment. Um, maybe it's, you know, minimum wage, you name it, you name it, everything that's going on in California, right? Um, and do you sometimes have to, like, call Sarah up and say, hey, help me with this, this person because <laughs> they don't understand, like, they they're not, like, they may have the brilliant brain that we're talking about. But when it comes even into litigation or like if something is serious, train your client to get on understand business, like understand their mistake. Do, do you ever have that happen with with clients? Like,
1: well, yeah, um, th- there are times when I, well, I refer to stuff to uh, to Sarah all the time, and she refers stuff to me all the time and we kind of understand our lane that we're supposed to be in and mm-hmm. i go this is something i'm not going to do and part of it could be mm-hmm. here's and you've got a special problem now sarah if you wish to take this <laughs> on because there are communication issues um mm-hmm. so we've had conversations like that and she's very good at doing that kind of thing and really getting an employer um, to cover all the bases and all the basics, mm-hmm. so that they have the best platform from which to keep on going, and hopefully they don't have to call me again. Uh, but if they do, but I'm here. You,
0: but what <laughs> happens? What happens when you have to like go to court? Like you have to sometimes prep someone who's like, oh you my know. gosh, yeah,
1: that's, that's- all last week, all last two weeks, I was prepping a couple of clients. Um, they, they own a business together uh, for deposition. Uh, this is litigation. You no, know, this is serious. Uh, so, and yeah. Show up on rep
0: time. Rep is
1: important. Yeah. Yep, exactly. Don't,
0: don't go to court barefoot.
2: Right? Oh, no, no. And and, then, <laughs> and this, also, to, uh, you know, Ward's credit, if somebody says, oh, I got this letter from an attorney, from a former employer, I'm like, oh, go to here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> here. Go, fight legal with legal, letter, right? Yeah.
0: So, there's HR. To HR and legal with legal, at a certain part, part here. Um, yeah, east closing, is
2: west, west is west, never the twain shall meet. Almost. No. <laughs> I yeah. love this.
0: Everyone, uh, Sarah's website is clearhrstyle.com. And Ward, as you know, is bestemploymentattorneysandiego.com. All the links are in the show notes. But before you both go, I want to know what is one... Tip of a like piece of advice for employers or employees, whichever you choose. We're getting into 2024, and we're all so much younger. It's so exciting. <laughs> we are. Come on, there's a lot of adventures to be had next year. And there's all kinds of craziness in the world, but we still have to be focused. And for business owners, employees, um, remember, as employees, you're still your own owner of yourself, right? So. Mm. You've, I always look at it like you have to have a resume. You you have to run your life as your own business, right? Because mm-hmm. um, you may have to change gears at any time and it's still your own business. So I'm, I don't know. I'm just an entrepreneur. So let's, let's look at this. What is one tip that you're going to give for 2024? And I know Ward uh, everyone will be listening to your end of year segment December. You'll always give everyone the low down of, What's happening for all the new laws of 2024 is coming up. Ooh, big one. War's big annual report. And um, that's always fun. So, but let's start with you, Sarah. What is one tip for 2024 you want to give employers or
2: employees? Uh, Well, your due diligence for wrapping up the year. We'll just stick with the the work of doing the work. You know, we do have year-end checklists, doing your own internal audit. Making sure your employee files are as they should be. And I don't like shooting on anybody. It's uncomfortable. Uh, but also making sure that the other uh, HR related items are prepared. So when 1124 hits, you've got the correct paid sick leave happening in payroll. You have the correct minimum wage basis for your uh, non exempt and your exempt people. So it's all about preparation. Let's let's be proactive and not reactive.
0: I like it. I, I like the proactivity, man. That's a big deal. Uh, Ward, what about you?
1: Treat your employees well. Be fair to them. If you do that, even if you're not following the law correctly all the time, that will save you nine times out of ten.
0: Oh, that's exactly it. That. When I was talking about how employees that's mad will just start laying everything on. Every little thing you do wrong will become this giant list that ends up in court somewhere, right? Do not become the honey should have list. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you're awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you both for joining us here on Big Blend Radio. Again, it's best employment attorney, San Diego dot com to keep up with Ward and Sarah at queer com. They're both based in San Diego, but Ward uh, Ward works all over California. Is that the same for you, Sarah? That is correct. Awesome, awesome. Well, thank you both for joining us. Of course, keep up with us at BigBlendRadio.com. Thank you both, and happy holidays. Thank you.
2: Happy holidays.
1: Thank you, Lisa and Nancy. Have a great holiday.
0: Thank you for listening to Big Blend Radio Success Express Show. This show is brought to you by Big Blend Magazines. Can keep up with us at bigblendradio.com and check out our magazines at blendradioandtv.com.